I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Oh, I am the Walrus. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. <laughs> Aren't you? Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Just been revoked. Open the five bay doors, huh? I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Because it is my name! I see Dave. Today, Junior? Ever dance with the devil in the pale of your mind? What? You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Like scary. Uh huh. What's your favorite scary? The price is wrong, bitch. Welcome to Critics Not Cynics, the podcast that tries to prove that you can be a critic without being a cynic. And uh, as you see, we're we're learning a couple of new things here in OBS. And uh, <laughs> once I get the other part of this uh, taken care of, and you'll see in here in the background, uh, we are going to be having the trailer for uh, Hawkeye uh, playing. Make sure that's yeah, we want that. Um, so yeah, we're talking about Hawkeye this week and as always, I'm joined by Leslie and Leslie, Hello. how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, like I said, we're, we're, we're learning new things here. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how, how well this does for, for everyone, uh, you know, playing in the background, uh, you know, obviously no audio, so too bad for that, but Hey, go check out the show then on Disney oh, plus. Wow. <laughs> um, so we're going to do, I mean, <laughs> Normally, we'll tell you if we're doing spoilers or not, but uh, I can't really tell if there's any spoilers um, in this. It's it's spoilers if you haven't seen the episodes, obviously, because we're going to be talking about the plot. Right. And then I would say spoilers because of, like, we have some predictions, or at least I do. Okay. And if I turn out to be right, I don't want to ruin the show for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll save those predictions for the, for the very end uh, so no one else gets uh, kind of... Spoil, potentially spoiled. Potentially spoiled. Um, so yeah, Hawkeye now streaming the first two episodes streaming on Disney Plus. Uh, definitely go check it out uh, to get the kind of the forefront business work out of the way. Uh, be sure to like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube or on the podcasting services. All those links will be in the description, or at least uh, where you can find us will be in the description. But all right, um, so Hawkeye. Um, What's your just general? Because we got a little bit of a structured review for this, but not too much. Because TV shows are a lot harder when you're getting them episodically. 
um, yeah. to kind of do our structured reviews like we've done for Ghostbusters and for Dune. Um, what's your general opinion of Hawkeye as an Avenger, uh, whether it's MCU well, version or comics? Just of him as an Avenger, I would say I know more of him in MCU than I do of comics. I'm vaguely aware of comic, you know, I've never read a Hawkeye comic specifically. Um, I like him. I, I appreciate when we have like human characters alongside of super powered people who are just really skilled at what they do. Cause I would say it's somebody like who's the top of top athlete, like Olympic level, you know, like really super skilled person and I feel like that humanizes, but particularly Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye in the MCU, I really like. I I like him as an actor in pretty much everything I've seen him in. And um, I genuinely like that he's just kind of the more human, kind of like the tired dad <laughs> of, of the group. Which, I mean, you know, opinions aside, we'll get to Age of Ultron about writing him a family. But I like just this sort of that sort of personality kind of angle that they go with, with him on the team. Right. So I, I personally like it and I like his version of Hawkeye. Yeah. I, I'm, um, I'm very much a fan as well. Um, I, I like, um, archers particularly in comic books. I think, uh, I'm more of a green arrow fan than I am a Hawkeye fan, just particularly cause I'm more of a DC fan when it comes to the actual comic books than I am a Marvel fan. But there is something very interesting about a character who doesn't have those powers and isn't like a Batman or an Iron Man, um, who's relying more on actual finesse and skill to uh, to contribute to the team. And it's always kind of bothered me, specifically in the MCU, that like every everyone pretty much for the most part like are yeah I don't care about Hawkeye he's lame you know <laughs> it's it's like yeah. you get you get one scene with him and Thor. Uh, and he doesn't really get to impress. And then you get to see him in Avengers and like all of the trick shots, all of the really like being detailed, focused and precise. It's really impressive to me, especially with, like you said, that human character aspect, because uh, outside of Nat and Clint, like, OK, yeah, Tony's a normal guy. But he has a billion dollar suit. Yeah, he's like, he's like super wealthy <laughs> so, and he can do all kinds of stuff. Right. Um, so like, yeah, you got that humanizing thing and, and they did something uh, within the show that I think humanizes him even more. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. I, I also think that just, sorry. No, you're fine. As, as humans, like one of our core like things to be fascinated by is Archer. I mean, even going back to like all the way to Robin Hood, you mm -hmm. know, like there's that ingrained sort of a character to be fascinated with an archer. People are fascinated with Katniss Everdeen and people take up archery after, you know, watching that. I saw a couple reviews that were like, I think I need to go out and get a bow and arrow now after watching, <laughs> you know, this. So I think we just have some sort of like innate fascination with that. Right. Well, and, and, um, you know, it's, it's just, there is that aspect of like that precision and detail I've tried. I mean, it was at a Ren fair. So like that, give that as much credence as possible. But I tried to do like their bow and arrow th uh, thing, and like you got to have that, you know, that taut string pulled back, and you know, holding holding the shaft of the arrow, and <clears throat> being able to aim it and everything. It's like that's that's that takes a lot of skill and a lot of uh, detail, a lot of practice. Or, a lot of practice. 
Um, so let's uh, kind of with that out of the way, so you kind of understand where we're coming from when we if we uh, praise Hawkeye uh, the character um, <laughs> a little bit or why why we don't kind of just trash on him. That's kind of our our thoughts on his character. Um, so let's talk about episode one. Never meet your heroes. Um, starts off with uh, surprisingly enough because uh, well, I did not expect like, it. Starts okay. off exactly where it should. Yes. It's introducing us to Kate. Right. And Kate as a young child. Yeah. Like um, nine, ten. Something like that. Because we know she's like 22 by the the present time events and with the blip yeah. and with the time jumps. Who knows exactly where where she fits in? Because I don't I don't think she was blipped. At least that's not been. I don't think been, she was blipped. <clears throat> that's not, you know, really been discussed or anything like that. Um I don't. I would say even her mother probably wasn't blipped, but yeah, there's there's a lot of different things that they have to take into consideration for because they're also setting this. I th- I think I heard that this was set the latest of any of the MCU Phase Four stuff. So like maybe later than No Way Home, later than Shang Chi, later than um, the Eternals. So who who knows? Uh, well, I'll be really intrigued because I know you haven't seen Eternals yet. Um, yeah. If this takes place after Eternals, will they talk or mention any events from Eternals? Probably not, um, but it'll be very interesting uh, given how what happens at the end of that film. But yeah, it starts with her as a young child at the Battle of New York mm-hmm. and does a very good job of explaining why she's obsessed with Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. You know, and it, and it lines up perfectly. It doesn't feel like added stuff. Um thrown into it because like one complaint I have a little bit about Endgame um, and mild spoilers for Endgame uh, when Hulk goes to uh, the Ancient One at the Sanctum Sanctorum in New York, the Battle of New York that just feels like oh because we want to do this thing we're throwing this in right now and it, feel, it feels very forced um, <clears throat> as a set piece whereas this <clears throat> excuse me uh, feels very very um, organic Right, like yeah. not manufactured. It feels it feels well, very I think, consistent. I think the one shot of following her when because she goes up to her bedroom to get the checkerboard, mm-hmm. and we start to see the Chitari outside her window of following her through the house as she's like freaking out and everything that she's seeing and doing it and I think almost entirely one shot until her mom comes or well till she sees the Hawkeye right you know and and he's doing that that uh, turn and jump off the. Off the building. Why can't I think of the building? I'm like, why can't I think of the word skyscraper? That's what I was looking for when he jumps off. It's it's pretty much a one shot, and we're just following kind of from her point of either from her point of view or the camera like turns to like look at her reacting. Right. I think that's a really organic and natural way that we're like seeing what she's seeing and as she's freaking out and and then of course the the awe as she watches Hawkeye take on these Chitari and jump off the building and stuff, which is interesting because. It's funny to see her. She's like having that awe moment and like idolizing and like this has now become inspiration in her right. hero. But when he goes through there, you know, in Avengers and he lands, he's like in pain and he's <laughs> down and like we don't see him again right. for another how many ever minutes of the movie because that was not a big moment for him. That was a crash and burn into the through that window just to lay there. Until we see him again. <laughs> and and a slight reference to episode two when, when they talk about his disability. Um, right. <laughs> so that's it's a very, very good point. But yeah, it, it feels very organic. I think it sets up the character of a young Kate uh, very well. 
very well because like that's you know the one thing you don't get from the trailers is you don't see why she's either fascinated or why uh, she's modeling herself after Hawkeye but yeah. given with the death of her father uh, at the Battle of New York and you know just her and her mom and she wants to be the protector that's why she becomes the like Olympic uh, medal athlete the you know learns all yeah. of the uh, karate self-defense techniques archery mm-hmm. all that stuff and we also see uh, just to yeah. point out that they're a wealthy family yes. yes and we also understand that it's the father's family that's wealthy yes and the mother that married into it so we get that established for us too like she's the one coming from the socialite wealthy rich like manhattanite background right um, and well, and there's also like a, I think a different um, aspect because it's it's what's different between her and her mother. Like the money doesn't define her. Um, I, I never got that impression that the money is you know a necessity. It's just a means to an end to be able to take those classes, become mm-hmm. proficient. Because when we when we jump to the present, her mother has become the one who is obsessed with money. Well, also being like. Well, you know, either you're rich or you're basically nothing. Like only the rich have power and only the people who have money can have that power or are powerful or whatever um, phrase she uses within the show, which I think was very interesting because I, I don't think her mom is a villain, but in in a way she is a villain to Kate, um, just not outright villainous. Well, she says to Kate, the the rich always think they're invincible or whatever, and the young always think they're invincible, and you've always been both young and yeah. rich, and to, you're not invincible, which I think is that it's not so much villainous as it's kind of the truth. Like, rich people don't have a, a grounding to reality sometimes when right. you've really been in, um, you, like, your circle has, has shrunk and, and your sense of reality is not the same as somebody who's living paycheck to paycheck. And then, of course, young people always think, well, I know everything. I'm 14. I know how to do anything and everything. So I don't I think from that like motherly perspective of like you've always been young and you've always been rich and you don't really understand the world is kind of true. Yeah. Yeah. I, but their their relationship is definitely antagonistic. And, yeah, and to be fair, bit, yeah. it was antagonistic even before the death of her father, because we get that kitchen scene right. and. You know, she makes her laugh. She goes, oh, see, I can make you smile. You know, so like yeah. there, there is friction between yeah, that mother-daughter relationship. Yeah, they don't gel as well as she did with her father. Right. Um, and then we get to what, uh, as I texted you as I was watching it, the worst <laughs> part of the show. It might the be best your, part of the show. <laughs> I was going to say, it might be your favorite part of the show is Rogers the Musical. <laughs> I, I texted you and I said... Hawkeye Clint's reaction is my current reaction right oh, now. Yeah. It's just like, oh my god, this is awful. But I like, want, it's intentionally to, awful. Yes, but I just want them to film like that one song. Like, they did. And it's cool. They did. Yeah. They, re- they released it. Oh, did they? But yeah. I want the whole like. I don't know. I think. I, I, mean, it's, I think it's, it's out so there. Uh, I think actually, you can go find that on Disney Plus right it's, now. It's bad on purpose. Mm-hmm. That's the point. That's why it's so good. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no, it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> especially, especially well, like when you have Ant Man in there and Clint's like, he wasn't right. even there. Uh, he wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, but you do get that. What I will give it a credit for is the uh, the PTSD moment when he sees yes. Matt or Black He's Widow. Yeah. And, you know, and all that's coming to mind is Vormir and the Soul Stone and the right. fact that and, they couldn't bring her and, back. And here they are. And she's just dancing and twirling around mm-hmm. this this actress, you know, and, and then the little girl that's cosplaying Natasha like yeah. smiles and waves at him. You know, and like how horrible that must be. Yeah. And this is also where it's revealed that he now has a hearing aid. Um, And he did what I would have done. And he had turned Turned it it off. off. (laughs) And his daughter, uh, of course, calls him out on it. Yeah. But I like that when he goes to like push it and click it back on, we kind of hear that tinnitus and the ringing in his ear that like I for me, um, I didn't need the second episode to explain for me to kind of just immediately fill in the gap of this is what's happened because right. I also have ringing in my ear. But um, I did see other reviewers who were like, what's going on? Blah, blah, I don't understand. And then they at the second episode, when we'll get to, there's more explanation. But I immediately was like, oh, I know exactly what's taking so, place. So, <laughs> um, yeah, my, my mind filled in the gaps. But I think it was good that they explain it in episode two because we go from in game with Hawkeye where he's fine, uh, well, relatively fine, um, and then we get to here and all of a sudden he's got this new thing about him that we've never we heard hadn't about. seen before. Right. Uh, I also know that it's a thing from the I believe it's the the Fraction comics, mm-hmm. the Matt Fraction. Oh, that makes that makes sense. He too. has, um, yeah, a hearing aid so, or two hearing aids. Yeah, it, there's there's no complaint about him having the disability, but I do I do think that you know they need they needed at least to satisfy a wider uh, a wider audience uh, who may not be familiar with the Fraction comic who are just you know MCU followers to be like, well, wait a minute, this is and, why? you know like why how did this happen? Why, when did it happen? And that's why I like when they pointed out in episode two, he's like, eh, it's kind of hard to say. <laughs> and then it's just image, 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 image. Yeah. You're like, okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, kind of the Kate gets herself in trouble at school um, by ringing a bell. Yeah. And no. it ends, it ends pretty poorly. <laughs> Honestly though, the whole point, yeah, it just flashed up there in the trailer the whole point of a bell tower like that is to ring the bell. Yeah. So the fact that simply the bell being rung collapses that whole thing is kind of like, I think maybe you were letting your building like go unrepaired. <laughs> like that's quite seems possibly dangerous, like insurance. I don't know, <laughs> but that seems like that's uh, simply by just ringing it. Yeah. Don't know that I would want to be in Stan Tower to see that, or Stain Tower is, was the sign. Like, oh, I, did, I didn't stain. catch that. Yeah. Um, like, but that's, that's the uh, the impetus to get Kate back to New York for pretty much the events that go on. Uh, obviously, yeah. Clint is in New York with uh, the kids uh, to kind of have a, a celebratory Christmas. Uh, which of course all goes to hell, um, basically because of the events of this episode. Bad. Well, yet. <laughs> I mean, for his kids, it doesn't go that bad. No. They have they see Rogers the musical and leap halfway through. It's, it's, it's pretty they bad. They have a nice they have a nice dinner. They get to see the tree. Yeah. You know, they have um, a little bit of a nice trip. And, and until uh, until Kate gets uh, gets involved, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> and she, you know, she's of course invited by her mom to this. Uh, charity Charity event where of course you know down below there is um 
a black market triceratops skull. Yes, and a triceratops skull. <laughs> uh, black market Holy auctioning. Uh, now, of course, I missed it a little bit briefly. Uh, we're, we're jumping a little, kind of a little ahead, but we get uh, introduced to um, the mom's uh, Vera Farmiga's uh, new fiance, um, who's Jack. Uh, uh, Jack. Uh, Jack Duquesne, played by uh, Tony Dalton, Tony. who I'm not too familiar with in anything, but. Um, <clears throat> So we get that there's a kind of now a more adver- a- adversarial relationship like between her, Kate, and her mom. And uh, now there's this other f- figure kind of entering in to try to replace her father. Uh, but while at the the charity benefit part, she runs into Armand Duquesne, uh, who is uh, Jack's uh, uncle. And there is a brief scene where uh, a threat, like I didn't, I, I guess I must have turned away or gotten up for a second because I, I don't quite remember exactly if we heard the dialogue, but basically yeah, kind of threatening. Yeah, I had subtitles on. He what? said something about, don't you try that on me. Mm-hmm. And and I don't remember what the other line was, but it, I, you couldn't really hear it, but I had the subtitles on so I could read it. Yeah. And they did put the the full sentences on there, but... Something like, don't try that on me. And she said, I don't know what you think you saw, but you you don't know what's going on. And and then it kind of moved along from there. Right. And, and Kate believes that it was like a threat. And, and even her mom is not even sure if it was a threat. So, uh, you know, we've got some little mystery going on there. And that's what, uh, you know, propels Kate to go look or follow Armand into the black market dealing where Ronan's sword and attire is uh, is there? I did like I, I did like the little comedy scene with her and the waiter, yeah. and then like even I I really like Haley Stanfield. I, I think she's fantastic. Ever since I saw her way back in True Grit, which I think it was her first film, uh, I knew she was going to be a, a, a pretty good actress, and I've been impressed with everything I've seen her in. Uh, and she's got a lot of hit things going on. She's you know she's got Bumblebee that went really well. She's uh, voicing a character on Arcane. She's here in Hawkeye. So I mean, she's she's um, doing very well for herself. But I, I like like the whole thing about the you know when she's taking the champagne and he's like, I thought I was the only one working. And well, do you want to <laughs> talk to Gary? Do you want to talk to Gary? And then when Gary, Gary comes, comes up over. and then she's like, see. That's the problem, Gary. You don't even know my name. name. And like she convinces them (laughs) like she's so convincing and it and delivers the dialogue so well that like even they're like, wait, did I forget her name? (laughs) And then, you know, he tries to chase her down. And then, of course, we got the track suit track suit mafia uh, breaking in. And that's what gets her into the Ronin attire. And uh, that's what causes Clint's Christmas to go to complete hell, basically. I also like that they, I don't know if it's just costuming or what, but that it didn't fit her very well. Like it wasn't like that she immediately put it on and it looks perfect on her. I liked that. It looked like she's wearing her dad's jacket, like and the hood doesn't fit her right. Well, like so, uh, with grills in episode two, like it's more form fitting for him. Right. It fits him than better. What, than it was for her. Yeah. I just uh, think it would have been weird if she put it on and it like immediately looks like, oh, and this is like perfect and whatever. Like I like that it it's obviously too big for her. Maybe he had Stark Tech and it's just <laughs> auto fitting. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she didn't know how to use it. That's right. Uh, but yeah, she runs afoul of the tracksuit mafia. Uh, she saves the dog, uh, which so she's automatically a hero just for that. Um, yes. And uh, basically runs in uh, into Clint. You know, that's kind of where the uh, Clint sees, of course, you know, the fact. Now, there was one problem I have with with this because 
again, we don't know. We know it's the, the latest period in Phase Four, but the problem is, and I, I'm I'm assuming it's because they just didn't care about necessarily the dialogue that the news reporter was saying. But the reporter says we haven't seen the Ronin in years, and if this is six, seven months after Endgame, it's not years, right? Like, so it's a it's it's yeah. a minute thing to kind of have yeah, an that's issue just with. Like a, yeah, it's um, probably just a dialogue thing, a tiny. Right. Yeah. It, it, it might have even been like, oh, you know, come up with your own dialogue for how you would want to talk, how you would you're report a, on this. You're a newscaster. Right. So, you know, and of course, the newscaster is most likely not going to be, you know, a big MCU fan or anything like that. So it's a very minor thing. But, uh, yeah, that's where episode one ends is basically Clint and Kate meeting uh, and yes. her kind of fangirling right away. And we yeah, go to credits. I love his perfect reaction. He's like, come on. Because yes. <laughs> he's thinking, of course, he's like, okay, what villain is it now? Like, what? who, who is trying to yeah, like, or, come yeah, after what, me? What villain, what scumbag has this? And then, you know, he just immediately sees her. And, of course, she immediately fangirls and has, like, innocent. And I'm sure that he's thinking, like, she looks like she's only two years older than Lila, you know. <laughs> <Right>. Like, <laughs> well, see, that was uh, so when 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 they were announcing the Hawkeye project uh, all together, that's where I was a little disappointed because, like, they go, okay, well, yeah, Kate Bishop established in the comics, obviously, uh, Clint's family, not so much, but oh. they kind of had set it up an end game that you know Lila was going to be kind of learning his skills and his technique while he was living off, uh, you know, on the farm. And then they're now kind of like ignoring, not ignoring it, but pushing Lila to the side a little bit. Like I, I'm, I'm assuming she's going to have more of a role to play uh, later on in the show, or even if she doesn't, I don't know if it's necessarily needed. But it does kind of feel like, well, okay, we're going to push her to the side and introduce Kate. It would have maybe been better if like Lila became Kate or something. You know what I mean? But uh, that's again minor hangups here and there. Yeah, it's nothing yeah, that really negatively of- impacts the show. Right. It's one of those things, because I did hear complaints about that. So it's either you have Lila become Kate Bishop, you know, quote unquote, and take the Hawkeye. And then everybody who loves the Kate Bishop character would be up in arms, you know, sort of a thing. But like, again, I haven't read a ton of Hawkeye comics. I don't know how well established he has a family, if at all. As I felt like it was a thing Joss Whedon created for I'm pretty Age sure of it was, Ultron. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was something that Whedon so created. The the fact that like let's say let's just go with that that that's something that Whedon created completely and there's no really established fact for that in the comics. The fact that they're kind of slightly pushing them to the side to have Kate there that's that's fine with me. Yeah. I don't want them to like completely ditch his family because I actually like that. Like I like when he calls his wife. Like, I think in the second episode, yeah. 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 You know, and they're talking and like how plugged in she is to everything he's doing. Like she knows who these guys, you know, when they're talking about it, they have a good, like solid relationship. They right. know what's going on. So I don't feel like there's any like, oh, they're having marital problems, you know, or anything like that. Like some people were saying that because where is the mom in the. No, it's Linda Cardinelli and she's working she's on other projects. Christ- <laughs> yeah. It's like she's not in the Christmas trip. They're obviously getting, and it's like, I. I like that he has a good, solid family relationship that's just because, like, when we look at the other characters, we don't see a lot of that, right. you know? It's not it's not just for his, his own kind of relationship. It's just that, like, you know, Tony and Pepper have this, like, weird relationship, and now he's dead, so, right. you know, spoilers for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Cap finally goes gets to have his relationship. We don't really see any other uh, Avenger with like a, a solid, steady right. relationship, you know. And of course, his was established there in Age of Ultron. So I don't. I, I would kind of maybe have liked it if it was sort of like I'm passing this down to my child, sort of a thing. But I can also see if it's if it doesn't go that way, kind of like. Well, dad missed a, all these Christmases. You know, Lila was like, you're going to be home. Promise right. me. You know, like if, if it kind of goes that way of like, you know, like, oh, my dad is Hawkeye. I'll, I'm going to learn to shoot a bow and arrow with him. You know, it's something that we can do together, sort of a thing, like a bonding thing, but not so much that I'm going to be Hawkeye now right. unless something like terrible happens, you know, down further down the MCU or something like that. Like. You know, well, I don't know. I, I'm I'm fine with them doing the. I just don't want them to completely erase the family. Is all right. I'm trying to say. I guess Wait, you don't want I'm them to Thanos the family, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm, is... I'm fine with them being pushed to the side a little bit and having established character come in to be the next Hawkeye. Which is the kind of counter argument I would make for the uh, you know whoever's giving the thing about them having the marital problems because you got to understand, you know, he went five years thinking. He was never going to get his family back. So yeah. this is like, it's Christmas time. His kids are back. Like, I think if if his wife had been the only one that was dusted, he could have moved on. Like, I, I feel like he, he would have understood because he had his kids. Like, that's his legacy. Those are yeah. more important, I think, any than even his wife, even his own life. Like, those are the things that are important to him. So I think, like, it was a thing of, like, hey, I'm going to go take the kids you know, and, and we're going to have this fantastic Christmas because we've missed five years of Christmases and I yeah. uh, do go see Rogers and hate myself. <laughs> and um, and then, of course, that's why I think like he's so conflicted with the well, I got to send you guys back home mm-hmm. and I got to go after the suit and I got to go chase after this girl and blah, 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 blah. And all he wants to do is get, you know, spend Christmas go with home. the family. Yeah. Um, so that's that's pretty much episode one. Oh, uh you know, she does go into uh, somehow gets into Armand Duquesne's house, yeah, um, and, he's, and dead. he's dead, which is our our kind of central mystery right now from episode one. Who done it? Yes, um, I have predictions. <laughs> well, I think I think everyone knows who did it. I I I'm I mean I'm fairly we'll get certain. There. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, get we'll get there. But uh, I I mean I'm pretty sure we're on the same track for who who done it. Maybe. Um, so now, um, we'll save the score for after, uh, we talk about episode two. So episode two just picks up right off where episode one left. Um, now I think this is why they released both episodes at the same time, because we were talking about this before recording. Episode one is very Kate centric focused, um, because it's establishing her character, her personality, her traits, her relationships, how she interacts with the world. Episode two is focused on Clint. And now this thing that's kind of thrown a wrench into his own uh, plans, things from his past that he's not proud of anymore. Um, also, kudos for them keeping the arm tattoo because they could have easily just, you know, not had it in oh, there and, uh, and come up with some excuse of like laser surgery or whatever, tattoo <laughs> removal. But uh, it, it did show up. Uh, so like at least they're keeping consistent with that. Uh, but yes, this this episode very much focused on Clint. And dealing with the ramifications of episode one and this new kind of wrench in in the cog of the machine. And I think that, that where episode three will go will finally be kind of that partnership 
uh, where now it's focusing on Kate and Clint at the same time, because there are Kate moments in this episode too, that kind of move the story a little bit forward. Uh, But because, you know, it's, it's hard to not just like rush through a lot of the stuff. You have the tracksuit mafia tracks are down very, very obvious reasons on how they found her. And like, that's where like Clint Clint's like, yeah, you know, no one, no one knows where you live. All this stuff. She's like, of course not. And then, the, like, like I immediately just came here to drop off the dog. <laughs> immediately, like they're like Kate Bishop, and he's yeah. like, "Oh God, dang it!" <laughs> like, yeah. She's like, "Yeah, my name's on the buzzer." <laughs> and again, that's what that's what I really like about the show is their dynamic. Because you said this before we started recording, Jeremy Renner's deadpan Clint, yeah, uh, and just in general, like that's the type of actor he is. It's very deadpan, straight. He plays the straight man through like all of his very roles. well, and yeah. uh, her kind of bubbly but like bumbling personality of like oh i, like I thought she's, of she's everything eager. she's yeah. very eager she thinks she's thought of everything and then it's like oh i came here oh and my name is on the buzzer oh and oh this and oh that and it's like yeah you're, you're thinking about everything like you're you're criticizing clint for being too paranoid and you're like Low, and low key. <laughs> exactly. Look and then at you're him, like, he's almost, he's the tiny on the Rogers poster. Yeah. Like off to the side. <laughs> and, and and so for her, it's like, oh, of course I thought of all these things, but I didn't think of that thing or that <laughs> thing or that thing. Um, and so, uh, we, you know, we get the, we get the whole fire scene there. Uh, you know, the tracksuit mafia, the cold, like, oh, that name's kind of on point. Or that's on the con- the conversation, I think, with his wife. But, but I do believe they are part of the comic. Yes, yes, they are. Yeah. They are. Uh, that's bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know that's that's like a whole kind of like little fun subplot. Uh, then you deal with kind of stashing her for the night. Him trying to go back and find the suit is missing again, um, and finding the NYPD or NYFD uh, LARPers. The NYPD uh, LARPers. Uh, yeah, the the yeah. LARPers uh, thing for um, where he eventually finds the suit. Um, and, uh, you know, again, Kate kind of trying to come to terms with the fact that she is now with her favorite superhero and also kind of like even Clint's reaction of like, I'm your favorite, like, you know, out of all of them. Cause he doesn't really know that he technically saved her life. Yeah. Um, he, I wonder if that's something they're going to reveal eventually between the two of them. Possibly. But I mean, I don't know if I need it. Um, yeah, I don't know if I need it. I just, it might be a moment that they could have. Right. Um, so then of course we get to the next day and, you know, he tells her, you know, here's my number. It's only for emergencies. (laughs) If you overuse it, I am blocking or deleting it. Um, and he goes off on his whole thing and then she goes off to her whole thing and, uh, (laughs) yeah, she's immediately like texting him, uh, crazy because she's got, of course, her own suspicions about Jack, uh, because she, you know, overheard some of the conversation at the black market, uh, auction and um, she's all, you know, again very confrontational but I think he plays it off very well too where he's like coming at it from the I bought a lot of step parent books and now I'm using that stepfather uh, you know psychology yes, stuff. Yeah. yeah against yeah. her like oh she's testing the boundaries of our relationship <laughs> and so on and so forth and, and he does a really good job with his performance as well yeah. Um, yeah. but I also think it's funny when she's trying to text clint about uh you know oh she's got this theory and then 
immediately like the phone rings and she's like, yeah, you know, do you miss me yet or something like that? And it's like, uh, this is the NYPD. <laughs> like we need to talk to you about the house fire in your apartment. So, um, and then we get what I like and dislike the most about this episode is the LARPer scene. Um, him going there. It's very well done and it's very reminiscent of um, the movie Tag, which he was also in. That's I was telling you this before recording where it's, it feels very much like a scene from that film. Um, and if you haven't seen Tag, go check it out. It's very fun. It's very enjoyable. Um, great cast as well. But at the same time, I think it ran a little too long for me. I know you kind of disagree, uh, but what, 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 what were your thoughts on the LARPer scene? I, I just thought it was funny. I did think it was very cheesy. Yeah. But I liked that they didn't, like, the show did not outright completely make fun of people LARPing. Right. You know, I, I mean, I have never personally gone out and LARPed, but I, I do think it's, especially given that there's a lot of, like she said, law enforcement people and firefighters and stuff, and people are just going out to have fun. You don't need to automatically just, like, right. trash them and make fun. And they're just ha- they're just having fun, so I like that the show didn't go the route of just like completely making fun of them. I think it was a good play off Jeremy Renner's straight man. Like he's not amused. He's just kind of like, <laughs> I just want to talk to this guy. Go I through just, the motions. Like I just want to get that suit back. You know, he. It's the whole again. Like I said, like the tired dad. Like I am getting way too old for this crap. Yeah. You know, sort of angle and personality that he's going with it. So, I mean, I like that he did it. It was, I think it was funny. Do the trial by combat thing. Hilarious. The guy in the back who's making the clink oh, yeah. noises every time. Kling, kling. <laughs> the foam sores or whatever <laughs> hit each other. Like, drink the potion. Yeah. What's he thinking? He, he didn't so drink the potion. <laughs> they're so into it and they're having such a great time. You know, yeah. it's, it, it's funny and it's cheesy. Although I can see... Like it might be too much cheese. Yeah, you know, you, it just ran you know. on. Uh, ran on a because it, it does that slow motion thing where he's going like through the crowd <laughs> and it's like through. it's it's funny, but then it continues yeah. for maybe about five ten seconds too long. Too but long I will say like the grills. there there is some of my favorite dialogue in this particular interaction with him is like where he's like one I can pretend kill you and I can take the suit or two <laughs> I can punch you. Real life in the face, in the face, <laughs> and you go down really hurt in real life. Like, and I take the suit. I take the suit. And then he's like, "No, no, no, just let me kill you. Like, let me, let me, <laughs> let me fake kill you, and I'll give you the suit." And he agrees to it. And then he's like, "And I thought Thanos. <laughs> like, I think someone who thought fought Thanos would have that type of reaction to be like, yeah. Oh my God, I gotta give in to this thing, and I just gotta do it, and yeah. whatever.'" Uh, and I did like that little interaction because, you know, Grills is, is a very likable character. Um, I kind of hope we might see him later on because I, I just I liked I liked the actor playing him. I, I It felt like like you said, because it feels very respectful to LARPers mm-hmm. while also having some fun at the same yeah. time. And you got the guy because you made you made the point of where. He says, you know, this is my only chance to feel like a hero. And you're like, yeah. but you're a firefighter. Yeah, you're a firefighter, man. So you're already I, a hero. I take it as, um, you know, he means like superhero, like fighting Thanos level superhero rather than like, yeah. oh, yeah, I can save a person out of a burning building, but I'm not going to bring back like five billion lives with a snap of a finger. So it's, it's something like that. And I think yeah. any one of us, you know, would kind of have a similar reaction. I love how the episode two just makes you completely run and gloss right over 
the ethical question of he just took that out of somebody's apartment. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he just saw it, took it. Well, like it's like he knew what you know. he knew what it was, and so he's like, okay, no one else is going to miss this, and, and so on and so forth. We also ha- do have that kind of uh, explanation between Kate and Clint about the hearing aid, um, and it, when yeah. she's like, well, when did that happen? And he's like, hmm, hard to tell, and you see him fall through the window, uh, yeah. some stuff from uh, Age of Ultron and and Avengers and and uh, in game, yeah, and in game too. Um, I did see, like I said, I watched a couple other reviewers, and one of them remembered and pointed out that like I think pretty much every other character that was in the building when it exploded had yeah. a helmet of some sort, and he, and was he the had only one no, that, yeah, no he, ear protection whatsoever. Outside of Thor, who's you know pretty much a god, a god, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, that really makes sense. Yeah, he's been through a lot of, and who knows how many, like, gunfights and right. stuff, you know, and, and things that have gone off that it's like, it takes total sense that his hearing has been damaged over the right. years. And it's like one of the things that they can use to to real it, make realistic and ground the MCU yeah. a little bit of, like, he is obviously a human and there's limits to what all the magic that we can do with our technology, right. you know, of healing people and stuff that, like, he did get that side thing blown out of him and put back together, but you know his hearing is damaged, and we can give him hearing aids. Yeah, you know, well, instead that's of like, uh, the, magically curing his hearing. The funniest thing that gets pointed out in the, the first Deadpool movie is the superhero landing, like how that that would like how bad it is. It would hurt, and then you go and you watch like Black Widow and. You know, she does that superhero landing like six times and there's no, you know, effect to her. So it is kind of nice to see some realism brought into the MCU mm-hmm. with Clint's disability. And I think that they're doing it really well as, you know, as well, that it's not just something because like even when uh, earlier on and he's walking her to uh, Bishop Security, she's like, oh, you're being the gentleman walking on the outside. He's like, no, it's so I can hear you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> this is where my hearing aid is. And uh, and then that's what leads to that conversation. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like it brings that level of realism. And I think it's the uh, the quickest and best explanation for those who were like, why? You know, because, yeah, we you and I could fill in. Oh, yeah. He's been through all this stuff. He's human. Ba 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 ba. But I think it was still good that they kind of explained it in a in a funny way too. You know, it's yeah. like boom, 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 boom. Do you have questions? You yeah. Know? Do you have questions now? Do you understand? Right. Uh, so it, it was a, it was a really good thing. And then uh, yes, he gets the suit back. He calls his wife. I love the conversation with her. Like you said, she's dialed in. She understands the level of of uh, panic. Also he's talked to her and told her what he did. So, I mean, there's that level of respect in their relationship that they are a team in of themselves and he's not proud of what he did, but she can understand why he did what he did. And, uh, so it's him trying to, you know, reconcile that, that dark past and, and put it behind him for good. Um, so it's, it's, I, I just really like that scene. I really like that conversation. Uh, and then this is kind of where we get to uh, the the funny part, but also again like a little bit a little bit cheesy, where because I knew it was going to happen immediately, like especially when she gets on her phone and gets into the bishop security. But like Clint's like, okay, I'm going to do a, a nat thing, catch and release, like you know she did in the beginning of Avengers to give them the, all the information. So he gets himself caught, and even they're like, "Huh, hey, that was easy." I'm like, "Yeah, you're you're not asking why it was too easy to take out guys I can see through the bag." <laughs> yeah, there's that too. Um, and then uh, you know he's there at their hideout, whatever, 
and they're you know acting like they've got him and then he's like oh by the way and then come crashing through the ceiling to his rescue is kate in her yeah. uh, costume and it's like i love that she looks around and she's like i didn't know we're supposed to bring guns <laughs> and, and you got clint again like that 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 dad figure going yes, oh my the god face. Yeah. like i had this i had this and yeah. you, you eager kid oh you screwed it up you know type of thing and uh then the episode ends kind of on an interesting note of setting up a character who we have no setup for right like i mean without I like looking guesses. right well i i i, I think mean, it's I've seen echo a name. it's who i believe i think it's gonna be echo I sh- might be able to tell you here in a second. Uh, I mean, no, they haven't really given her. If that's the name, I mean, sh- it probably uh, it's not a character I'm super familiar with. Uh, the, but they only gave an actual like actual name for, for the yeah a name for the character. Um, yeah. But that's again, that's a little bit of the problem I have with these first two episodes. Is kind of this. It, it's given me a little bit of Falcon and Winter Soldier vibes, but nothing that can't be resolved with episode three. Um, and, and it was a little bit like with Loki said before though, just to clarify Mm -hmm. your statement is that it's giving you those vibes because it feels directionless right now. Yes. Like I, I feel like there's, there's a lack of a purpose or that there's a lack of a, of a central, uh, plot that is, yeah, where, where we're going to end up in episode six. But I think again, um, as I said before we were recording, since it's only a six episode show, I couldn't expect them to roll at least all first three episodes. If they were nine or 10, uh, I could see them going, okay, we can release the first three, which will give you that initial setup. And then you'll be fine with week to week. But being at a short show, um, I completely understand it. So I I have a feeling that this is one where it's like, I I think when we get to episode three, a lot of the concerns or fears I have will be alleviated. Because like I said, episode one, Kate focused episode two Clint focused episode three is going to be Clint yeah it's going to be Clint and Kate focused as they continue on this journey I think we'll get an idea of who our central villain is um, or who you know they're going to be really going up against uh, outside of just the tracksuit mafia Um, but that's that's my major criticism and it's and that is by no means saying that I didn't enjoy the show or that Mm -hmm. I didn't enjoy uh, the episodes it's just a, again, this was the thing we said about Falcon and Winter Soldier when we got those first two episodes. Like, it's good, but I need yeah. to know where it's going to go. Where are we, yeah, where would we, um, what are we doing? <laughs> and Falcon and Winter Soldier f- really failed on that aspect. I don't think they're going to fail on that with Hawkeye. Yeah, like, I, I, I feel don't like have this is going to go. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think this is going to fail. I feel like this is going to be good. Right. Fingers um, crossed. <laughs> well, and again, like the one thing that we can praise about Falcon and Winter Soldier were the performances with Sam mm-hmm. and Bucky. Uh, and I think like even if even if by whatever means episode three, four, five, six are awful, I think that central relationship between uh, Kate and Clint is going to what's going to keep me through the season. You know, it's I could I could forgive a lot of those things as long as that relationship stays at the level that it's at right now. And mm-hmm. it continues to be an entertain, uh, an entertaining thing, and not like overdoing it or over exaggerating. I think that current uh, level that they've struck right now is is the best level, and I'm really 
really excited for the next, uh, you know, what, four weeks that we have of, of episodes. It, yeah. uh, so I, I have by no means have any fear that it's going to go the route of Falcon and Winter Soldier. But I would be lying if I didn't say that the alarm bells are slightly ringing. Um, that, you know, it has the potential to rectify things, but it also has the potential to not rectify those things. Uh, but I think it's going to go the right route versus uh, the negative route because it's not focused like Falcon and Winter Soldier was focused on politics. Right. Um, this, is, this is about them. Yes, it's about them and it's about family. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm very, very interested to see where... Uh, the show's going to go and where our characters are going to end up in, in episode six. Uh, I, outside of what you've got your little two points and uh, we'll do uh, our scores before we go into your, your two theories uh, so that if anyone wants to drop out, uh, if they haven't watched the episodes yet, um, what would you score these two episodes? Um, together. I'd probably go ahead and score them 4.5. Both or, or just as a total? Well, I, I think as a total, because okay. They very much do need to go together. I think it would have been if they had only dropped one, it it wouldn't be quite enough. Right. Yeah. That's definitely why they dropped two. Uh, to end on that cliffhanger. Yeah, that cliffhanger would have been like, ah, oh, but then it would be like, I have to wait till next week to understand what's going on and I barely got any clint. Right. You know, so I think together as the like make that your opening pilot. Okay. Both of them. Like four point five, I I like it. I like the establishment of the characters. I like Pizza Dog. <laughs> yes, he's so cute. Um, I like his picture here that you have with his little <laughs> hat on. I keep looking at it and smiling. Yeah, because I, I think like, they even made that as an, a character poster for him as well with yeah. the hat. So I appreciate that they did not do the comic thing where the dog gets hit by the car mm-hmm. and then recovers. I like that he already has lost his eye and she saves him from being hit by the car. <laughs> like. You know, Disney, I like, don't hurt the dog. <laughs> don't kill the dog. That's you why, know. like, if she didn't help the dog, be like, nope, this show's done. Zero right. out of zero. Zero over. out of five. It's the, it's the I, biggest I, failure. I think, yeah, overall, I think we had good establishment of, like you said, a Kate episode, so we understand who she is. I think they did a really good job, even in that opening. And I like how that opening was showing you, like, you see her start as a yellow belt, and then you see her practicing, and then you see her with the black belt in mm-hmm. that cartoon style very much looks like the comic yeah. run that this is based on or taking a lot of inspiration from. So I, I appreciate all of it. I liked all of it. I like, I want the full Rogers, the musical <laughs> get, get to what Lynn, what's his name? What? Well, who did Hamilton? Lynn. Oh, Lynn Manuel Miranda. Yes. I couldn't remember the rest of his name. Uh, get him to do it. No. As a, a comedy parody. No. Yes, I'm not a yes. Lin Manuel. Uh, I'm not a I'm not a fan of his, You're anyways. Not. So that's that that compounds that compounds how bad it is if that were to happen. Uh, no, but oh, completely overall, um, I have. Uh, let's make it three points that I have of guesses. Well, for wait, hang on, I, I gotta I'm, give I'm my, not going to go into okay. it. I'm just saying I've got three okay, now. Okay, got three now. Okay, I was gonna yeah, say I was like I still gotta give my score two. here. So. I've got three now instead of two. Just to okay. FYI. Okay, so we we've jarred something loose there uh, with, with our bit. conversation. Just thinking about this, something. So uh, if I'm gonna uh, you do the same, uh, combine both episodes, I'm gonna just go slightly lower and go with a four. Um, you know, it's still a respectable score, of course, and uh, pretty much the same things. 
I think the character establishment is what they did best with this episode. But I think setting up its central mystery or its uh, central plot point of where this is going to go throughout the six episodes could have been a little bit more improved or, uh, you know, they're they're holding the cards a little too close to their chest right now. And it's one of those things where it's like maybe just a slight peak, just a just a little slighter peak or even even put in a mid credit scene, you know, or something where there's a little bit more that makes me go. I have to watch it next Wednesday, you know, because right now it's like if I don't watch it next Wednesday, I'll watch it by Friday or Saturday. I, like I won't be like Loki where Loki was like, OK, I may not like some things with episode <laughs> one and two, but I need to see where this is going to go. Right. Like right. The Hawkeye right now at the point is, yeah, it's fun. I enjoy it. Uh, I like the characters. I like the the dialogue. But it's not done the thing to rope me in completely right now where I'm obsessed with, I need to see the next episode. Um, so with that uh, kind of out of the way, cause I'm really intrigued to hear what your three points are. <laughs> um, that's going to do it for the non-spoiler section of the uh, podcast. So if you want to drop out now, uh, go ahead and drop out. Watch those two episodes currently streaming on Disney Plus. New episodes every Wednesday. Uh, probably moving forward, just so we're not too focused on Marvel content, we'll be doing two episodes at a time, especially since there's six episodes. Kind of balances out fine. Um, and uh, we'll be better with it than we were with What If, because What If was kind of in that transition of learning YouTube and everything else and work and all that fun stuff. So. Yeah. Uh, again, if you aren't already uh, subscribed to the podcast, subscribe to us on YouTube, like, share the video with your friends if you like our, our takes on stuff, and uh, leave us some comments. And then, again, all the other normal stuff, uh, if you're listening audio only, we're on all those podcasting services. And our email is uh, criticsnotcynics at gmail.com. And uh, for the non-spoiler people, we'll talk to you next time. And, all right, what are your... Spoilers. Potential spoilers. Potential spoilers. Because these uh, are predictions that right. I wanted on the record. If I'm right, I wanted to be able for everybody to come back to this episode <laughs> and be like, I was right. All right. Uh, so, so what's your, what's, what, well, what are I'm your gonna, theories? I'm going to start with the lowest stakes and go to the highest one. Okay. Okay. So lowest stakes, this might just, just a, t- a complete random theory. You know, and this is stuff that, not like I'm the smartest person in the world, this is stuff I'm sure everybody else has thought of too, or other people have thought of. Um, I do, I think that the character was there, Maya Lopez. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to give her a Black Widow backstory for this okay. series. I, I just, just purely based on the room that she was in and the red lighting and yeah. stuff, and how, like, her look that we can see of her. Well, and they're I also believe- Russian, so. Yeah, I do also believe that she is a deaf character, mm-hmm. and I. Well, I she, think... she did do some hand signing. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I believe that for her backstory for this, whatever it may be in the comics, I don't know. Right. I think they're going to give her a Black Widow backstory that she was one of them in the Red Room, like we saw one in Shang Chi in the Fight Club. Yeah. You know, like I think she's going to have a widow backstory for this that might somehow kind of do a Natasha type sort of a thing. Like, right. I think that's where they're going to go with the backstory for this character. And we, they said something about echo is going to have its own, their own spinoff. Okay. Oh yeah. That, that, that is, Disney. yes, that is one of the announced so shows. I'm wondering if this is going to be like introducing her character 
and then we're going to kind of move on in a different way and potentially into the Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage sort of a maybe question mark? There's question all this mark, there's mark? all this kind of weird speculation for, for yeah, Daredevil like, casting and stuff knows? like that. Yeah. Like I will tell you I have personally not watched any of those because Feige was like they're not going to be canon, so I didn't waste my time. You know, I, I'm shrugging for anybody on right. the podcast who's the audio shrug. I don't know. Yeah, but that's what I think she's going to have a widow backstory for the establishment of her in the MCU. Right. That's number one. Okay. Super low stakes, number two, but it was enough to be number two and higher than that one for me. I think at the end of this, Clint is going to take Pizza Dog home, and that's going to be like, see, I made it for Christmas, and here's a dog. (laughs) Merry Christmas, you know, for the kids. Yeah. I think that's what's going to happen. I don't think that Kate's going to keep the dog. I think Clint's going to take Pizza Dog, take him home to the farm. And that's going to be like, I made it at the last minute for Christmas. And also, here's a puppy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, grown-up puppers, but yes. (laughs) You know what I mean. Like, I think that's just, and and the dog is so cute. They picked a really good one. He's so cute. That's like lower stakes. Probably could have been the lowest stakes, but more important. (laughs) (laughs) The the dog gets a good home. And please, somebody feed him something other than pizza. Oh, my God. Pizza dog. Okay. The higher stakes thing. I think, coming from being a mystery novel fan, Mm. it is far too obvious and on the nose that Jack is the killer. His character in the comics may be a villain, and he might have villainous, you know, sprinkled with him here. But for me, it's way too obvious. I think it's the mom. I think the mom killed the father at the beginning of the show. I think, you know, when when Kate's running around and she has no idea where her parents are, I think the mom killed the dad to start off with to, you know, when they're arguing about money and what we're going to do, I think she killed the dad. That's number one. And I think for whatever reason, Armand saw something. She runs the security company. She, she saw something she didn't want him to see. I think she is the one who killed him. And I think Kate and Jack each think the other one did it and are going to be investigating each other throughout this only to find out, dun, 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 it's mom the whole time. Hmm. That's my prediction. Well, I don't because know. Okay, they don't have to keep characters exactly right. as they were in the comics. I know he's like Swordmaster or something like that. Yeah, and, and kind of slightly villainous or whatever, or maybe purely villainous. But I think Kate thinks he did it. I think he thinks she did it, and I think it's the mom the whole time. So okay, I can I can give you that with Armand's murder. Because I, w- I was going to say it was probably Jack. But uh, I, you, you make a very good theory or, or a thought um, or argument, rather, on, on it being the mom. Now, as for the father, I thought he died in the Battle of New York, though. Because, like, I think I, that's what you're supposed to think. Because I took it that he, well, because he even says, like, I'm going to, you know, I'm a protector. I'm going to protect you. Um, maybe I need to just rewatch those episodes. But I... I that's what. That's why I said, like, because you, you're giving now credence to my argument. You kind of brushed away a little bit earlier when I said that the mother seemed villainous, like that there's that kind of antagonism. <laughs> I, was, I was not letting you on. <laughs> uh, antagonism between her and Kate, uh, yeah, not necessarily being super villainous, but, you know, yeah, that there's... I don't think she's completely antagonistic towards her daughter, though. Yeah. I, I think they have a relationship, 
but I don't feel like it's totally antagonistic. I'm trying to think of a better, like, a parent's relationship that is completely antagonistic, like Kara Thrace and her mom from mm-hmm. the new Battlestar Galactica. Like, that is a totally antagonistic relationship. They basically hate each other and eventually figure, you know, figure their stuff out. I think this is, like, a strained kind of difficult relationship, you know, not a perfect one, but I don't think that she has complete villainous attitudes towards her own daughter. Well, I guess only time will tell. I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't know, but you do make, you do make a very good argument for her being the one who murdered uh, Armand. Armand. Uh, especially considering like there is that moment of a threat, uh, not knowing exactly what that conversation was pertaining to, maybe he found company. yeah maybe he found out that she and you know embezzled money or or did some shady dealings that uh you know found out that he she murdered the husband well we'll, we'll find <laughs> we'll find out uh so that that is or or um avatar um you know when um zuko's dad just sent the mom away oh yeah, yeah. you know maybe she did that sent him away and everybody thinks he's dead well, we'll we'll, uh, we'll find out here in the coming weeks. Now, that's if that, my prediction. <laughs> if that if that's the way it goes, or if they start planting those seeds for that, uh, I think that that's going to be what. Again, we'll we'll that once they present this that mystery, or once they start giving us a little bit more of that plot, I think that's what's going to ultimately uh, make the show succeed and work and stand above some of the others. Uh, maybe not at a Loki level, but. Um, Still, they're good up up there with WandaVision and everything like that. Still, kind of leaving Falcon and Winter Soldier, the odd man out, considering just how it it bundled or bungled its story. Um, that would be really good because that's a lot of uh, of uh, forethinking, plotting, uh, planting tiny little seeds like that you caught that uh, could lead to that eventuality. Uh, so definitely something to kind of keep your eyes out uh, open for. And if you listen to here on the podcast rather than anywhere else, Leslie said it first. So <laughs> let it be known. It was Leslie who predicted it all along. Uh, so, all right. I think that's going to do it for this episode. I don't have anything else to say. Do you? No, I think I think we're good. And I got my predictions on record. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. We will uh, talk to you next time.